Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. We're going to listen to the teaching of Jesus on sexual purity, on faithfulness in marriage, and on truthfulness. Here it is. Jesus is saying that immorality should be treated seriously, decisively, and radically. Do you hear that? You need to be serious about this. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Have you noticed how people encourage speaking your truth and following your desires wherever they lead? But this way of living has dire consequences. Today on The Verdict, we're turning to the teaching of Jesus on sexual purity and telling the truth. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's message. Isn't it intriguing that in the Sermon on the Mount, which was delivered 2,000 years ago by the Lord Jesus, He addressed issues such as sexual purity, fidelity in marriage, and truthfulness. And people want to say the Bible is not relevant for people living in the 21st century. Authentic followers of Jesus practice sexual purity and are not ruled by lust. From the Old Testament command, you shall not commit adultery, Jesus explains that before there is an act of adultery, there is always adultery of the heart. He also explains the importance of fidelity in the marriage bond. In a society of unrestrained sexuality, how we need to listen to Jesus. Let's listen now as Jesus continues his teaching and also addresses the importance of honesty. Let's read about sexual purity. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body being thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Strong words. Words coming not from me, but from our Lord Jesus Christ, King Jesus. First of all, we're going to think of sexual purity and see that authentic followers of Jesus practice sexual purity, not lust. Sexual purity, chastity before marriage, and fidelity and faithfulness after marriage. You shall not commit adultery. But notice Jesus hasn't finished. Yes, he said, you said that. But verse 28, but I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery. Before there is the act of immorality, before there is adultery of the act, there is always adultery in the heart. Now think of the application here. Verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. 
for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body, are you listening, go into hell. You say, this is tough, it is. Now Jesus is not advocating a literal tearing out of the eye, a literal cutting of the hand. After all, you still would have your left eye to look. You still would have your left hand. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying very, very strongly, and in our society, how we need to hear it today, how you need to hear it, how I need to hear it. Jesus is saying that immorality should be treated seriously, decisively, and radically. Jesus says, it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. First then, sexual purity, not lust. Secondly, honesty and not lies. Read with me verses 31 and 32. Read them with me. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Authentic followers of Jesus, they practice purity rather than lust. Secondly, they practice fidelity, faithfulness, not license. And again, the Old Testament scripture Jesus quotes here in verse 31. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. The scribes and Pharisees' view of divorce was that if you're going to get a divorce from your wife, make sure you give her a certificate of divorce. In other words, get the paper right. You're trying to get rid of this woman. Make, make sure you go through the legal formalities. And they were referring to Deuteronomy 24. Because of the hardness of the people's heart, Moses made a concession that if a man found quote, some indecency in his wife, he could divorce her. That a man could divorce his wife really for any reason. He found some indecency in her. He, he was tired of her. He didn't find her attractive. She was getting old and he was attracted to someone much younger and more attractive and, and vibrant. In fact, it was said if she burned the supper, you could also divorce her. As long as you get the paperwork right, that's Okay. You can guess that the rules were made by men, can't you? A way of getting rid of your wife. But notice the teaching of Jesus. Verse 32, but I say to you, see his authority. I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The scribes and the Pharisees, these legalists, they've missed the whole point, says Jesus. In the holy covenant of marriage, don't look for some legal loophole so you can get rid of your wife and marry someone else. As a pastor, I, I've had men come to me and, and, and really say, I'm, I'm tired of my wife. And they're really saying, is there, is there some way I can justify getting rid of this woman? And uh, almost invariably, of course, they've got their eye on another woman. That was the scribes and the Pharisees. Oh, get the paper right, work right. Make sure you do the legal formalities. And Jesus is saying, I say to you, God never commanded divorce. Here's the teaching of Jesus. If you divorce your wife and remarry, you're committing adultery. And if you divorce your wife, she commits adultery, the assumption being she's going to marry. You see, that's pretty tough. It's the sanctity 
of marriage. So if you're single, be careful who you marry. Get to know the person. Take your time. Don't go into it too quickly. Get some good biblical counsel because of the importance of marriage. Divorce in our society is very prevalent, sadly, isn't it? But Jesus is saying, and God is saying, if you're separating what God has joined, you're committing adultery. Marriage is for life. Notice Jesus' authoritative teaching, but I say to you, who's he? He's the king, Jesus. He's God incarnate. Listen to him. And so, today as you're listening, if you're tired of your husband or wife, you think, well, we're incompatible, we're arguing all the time. You find yourself being attracted to someone else, although you would deny that if I asked you, but you know in your heart, there's someone else in mind, isn't there? Or even if there's not someone else in mind, listen to the teaching of Jesus. He's speaking to you today. Don't separate. Don't divorce. I'm not talking about some physical abuse. I'm not talking about somebody who's in danger, where you do need to leave. I'm not talking about that. What are you to do? You have to get down on your knees. You and your husband, your wife, these problems today, you get down on your knees and ask God to help. Have you, have you ever done that, the two of you, humbly? Not pointing a finger at each other. That's very, very easy. But to come to God humbly and say, we need your help. Seeking God's wisdom and resolving the problems in your marriage. A wise counselor, we have pastors who have experience, who have expertise, who, who have compassion and would help you. Listen to the words of Jesus. Don't make excuses. Don't make rationalizations. If you divorce your wife, it's adultery. Now, Jesus does give an exception except on the grounds of sexual immorality. Yes, in some cases where there's been immorality, although Scripture never commands divorce, uh, where the holy covenant of marriage has been violated, where there's been no biblical repentance, where reconciliation is not achieved, and someone is hard in their heart and continues in their immorality, a divorce may be permitted. But husbands and wives, are you listening? Faithfulness, not license. Faithfulness, not just in the act, but as Jesus is saying in the preceding verses, also in the heart. God has given you this wife. Love her, care for her. She's not perfect. I know she's not perfect. And you're not perfect. Wives, God has given you this man. Why are you focusing on his faults? Why are you finding faults so much? Learn to respect him and love him and come and humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Come to the cross and cry out to a magnificent God who loves you, who will give you all of the help, all of the grace that you need in this difficult situation. Now there's a final one in verses 33 through 37. First, purity, not lust. Secondly, fidelity, not license. And then very quickly, Honesty, not lies. Let's read verses 33 through 37. Notice the same formula. Again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you've sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven 
for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Interesting verses, isn't it? Authentic followers of Jesus practice honesty, not lies. Now, the Old Testament scriptures in verse 33. Again, you've heard that it was said of old, and so on. Well, verse 33 is an amalgam of various Old Testament scriptures. We won't take time to go through them, but they relate to oaths and vows. And the scribes, in their pedantic semantics, put the focus on a legalistic and elaborate formula when giving an oath or a vow. They love that. And they assess the validity of the oath by how it related to the Lord's name or to the Lord, to God's throne or Jerusalem or anything else. But verses 34 through 37, Jesus gives his teaching. And can I summarize it very quickly? In the words of Jesus in verse 34, do not take an oath at all. (laughs) Isn't Jesus a magnificent teacher? Don't you love his teaching? the wisdom of it. You see, the scribes and Pharisees had once again missed the whole point. Now, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. We saw that uh, last time. But he does come to abolish the vain tradition of the elders. They had missed the point. What's the point of the oaths in the Old Testament? Tell the truth. That's it. Verse 37, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Satan is the father of lies. When you're affirming something or denying something, you don't need to invoke the name of God. You don't need to invoke the name of Jerusalem. You don't need to say, on my mother's grave, this is what I say. Believe me, you'll need to do that. A simple yes or no. See, followers of Jesus are to be characterized by honesty, by transparency. Not double speech. Not wonderful. Simple yes or no. Tell the truth. Some have construed the teaching of Jesus to say that we shouldn't take oaths in a court of law or in other situations. I don't think that's the case. Jesus is not talking about a public oath in a court or in an official capacity. There's various examples in Scripture uh, of God Himself taking oaths and, and, and the Lord. No, the point is this be truthful one another. Talking about marriage, wouldn't it be wonderful if in your marriage there was truthfulness, there was transparency, no cover up, simple yes or no. You don't need to say, I'm I'm saying this in Jesus' name, in God's name, by the honest truth. No, you don't need to invoke the name of God to stress being truthful. And by the way, don't use that dreadful expression, which is really blasphemous, oh my God, or OMG as people write. Don't do that. That's blasphemy. Don't invoke the name of God in that way. No, your word should be your bond. Speak the truth in love. Lies should have zero part of the life of a follower of Jesus. We live in a culture of deceit, of lies, of fake news, spin, deception, innuendos, rumors. I mean, you you wonder, what program can I listen to to get the news? 
and, and you tune in and, and I, I listen to different news reports in, in my car uh, on television and everybody wants to give their opinion, don't they? And I'm saying, I don't want your opinion. Just give me the facts. Tell me the truth about COVID-19. Just, just let's be honest about it. What are the facts? It's difficult in our society, isn't it? There's so much spin. There's so much deception. And we sometimes don't know what to believe. Well, that's in the culture, but in the community of Christ and the church, followers of Jesus are to be characterized by truthfulness. Children, always tell the truth. When your mom says to you, Johnny, did you punch your sister? And you did punch your sister. Just say yes. Don't say she punched me. Don't say so-and-so punched me. Just tell the truth. A simple yes or no. Because your mommy and daddy want you to be a truthful little boy and to grow up to be a truthful man. And it begins now. Where do men come from who tell lies? Well, when they were little boys, they started telling lies. Never tell a lie. Be honest. Students, tell the truth. Don't cheat. Don't copy someone's paper. Don't get someone else to write your paper in an exam. That's a form of deceit. That's a form of, of lying. Be a person of integrity in your relationships. How many relationships are destroyed because of lies and twisting and gossip and rumor and people stabbing each other in the back? Don't, don't be part of that. It's, it's deadly. Politicians, they're in politics. Tell the truth. Pastors, tell the truth. Lawyers, tell the truth. Pastors who used to be lawyers, tell the truth. Fishermen, you catch the fish that got away, tell the truth. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'm thankful I'm married to a woman who tells the truth. Yes or no? Don't need to flatter. That's a form of lying, isn't it? Tell the truth. Let what you say Jesus is saying. I love this passage. Let it be simply yes or no. That's enough, honestly, not lies. Well, what are we saying in, the, in, in this passage? Authentic followers of Jesus, we demonstrate our love for Jesus in obeying Jesus. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. By practicing sexual purity, fidelity, and truthfulness, honesty. Sexual purity, not lust. Fidelity, not license. Truth, not lies. As I conclude, I have to ask of you, lusted? You divorced your wife wrongly? Have you lied? Any dishonesty? What about your heart? All of us have come short, haven't we? We've lusted, we've lied. We've not followed the teaching of Jesus. There's lust, there's divorce, there's adultery, there's lies. But here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That sin is dealt with radically. 
And how does our Lord Jesus Christ deal with our sin? He takes it on himself. I love the fact that I preach and people listen under the cross at church. It's a reminder, isn't it, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. And you may have lusted, and you may have committed adultery, and you may have committed terrible sins, and you may be a liar and have deceived people. And I'm saying to you, in the authority of the Lord Jesus, if you continue with that, you will end in hell. That's what Jesus is saying. It's serious. He begins his gospel by saying, repent, repent. Acknowledge your sin. Humble yourself. You can't change yourself, I know. You need a power, you need a cleansing. And it begins as you come to the cross of Jesus Christ. He forgives our sins and he cleanses us. It'd be wonderful to be clean. We don't wonderful today as a result of Jesus Christ that you're cleansed. The sins are all gone. And now, with the very life of Christ in you, you live a different life. And you can say with the Apostle Paul, I can, do all, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, however deep and however horrible your sin is, the grace of God and the forgiveness of God are greater. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as white as well. Will you come to Jesus Christ? Come to the cross and call out to him for cleansing and forgiveness. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, may we afresh consecrate our lives to live a holy life, to deal radically with sin, that this day you know what you must do to deal with that sin, to deal with that lust. Deal with it radically and ask God's help and confess it before the Lord and have the joy of living this life following Jesus. Not with lust, but with love, with faithfulness, with integrity. And so be a blessing in our marriages, in our lives, whether we're students or working at Bank of America or wherever we are, that we are displaying and proclaiming our Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled Purity and Honesty. Remember, you can always revisit these lessons or share them with a friend by going to our website at theverdict.org. And before we get to John's closing remarks, we'd like to tell you about the special resource we're currently offering. It's a booklet by John dealing with what's been called the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. This valuable booklet will help you gain a fresh perspective on how relevant and practical the teaching of Jesus continues to be for our lives today. The booklet is titled Life in the Kingdom, and you can get your free copy today by going to theverdict.org. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our monthly email list to get the latest ministry updates from John by clicking the sign up button on our homepage. Well, if you value the gospel work of this ministry, then we also invite you to be a part of our radio outreach this new year and help us share these biblical teachings with new listeners by giving a financial gift. Your generous contributions will help cover the cost to deliver the truth of God's Word through the radio to your neighbors, your community, and all around the world. To partner with us today, just go to theverdict.org. 
or call us at 833-551-2231 or send your check in the mail by writing to us at The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Last time I challenged you as to your sexual purity. What about your commitment to your husband or wife? If you're married, will you reaffirm the vows you made until death you depart? Don't look for a loophole, but honor the Lord in your marriage. Also, be a person of truth and turn from all compromise and deception in your speech. With the power of the Holy Spirit, you can practice sexual purity and honesty. Next time, Jesus continues his convicting teaching as we're challenged to love our enemies. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.